Amen. When was your how great thou art moment? When was that moment as we saw these beautiful pictures on the screens, as we heard the, the beautiful hymn, How Great Thou Art? When was your moment of identifying, of connecting the dots that God is great? God is, is powerful. Where, where was that moment? Was it at a sunrise or a, a sunset? When you connected the dot that this couldn't just happen. Was it on the mountains? It's spring break time. Was, was it at a ski slope when maybe you were going to the top of a mountain as, as you came off of that ski lift and as you turned the corner you were just stuck in awe of the wonder and majesty and beauty. Are you a beach person? Is it at the ocean when you saw God's power manifested there on that beach side? Was it in the darkness of the night as the, the stars and the heavens illumined before you? Genesis 1 1 says, In beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, we really don't need to go any further than that. I can probably tell you what you believe about the rest of the Bible if we sat down and talked about the first verse of the Bible. For you see, Genesis 1.1 tells us so much of what we need to know. Creation is the first mighty act of God. I'll never forget, we were taking a group of, of youth on a mission trip during spring break to, uh, to the Flagstaff, Arizona area to work in that area. And we took a day trip to go to the Grand Canyon. And we were traveling out there. It was a little further from Flagstaff than we thought. So the kids were getting a little restless. And we got in the conversation. And, and one of the, I think she was probably a, a ninth grade girl. Didn't want to appear to be too cool. We were talking about, are you excited about seeing the Grand Canyon? It, it's my first time to, to go and to see the Grand Canyon. And she said, oh, I've been there. It's just a big hole in the ground. I was kind of let down. I'd never been. I was pumped. I was ready to go. And as we, we got off the bus, and if you've been there, we walked up to the edge, and it just opened up. And I thought, yeah, but what a hole, right? <laughs> How could you look at that and not, not believe somehow that it just didn't happen by chance? But there's a God who created this. Genesis 1.1, in beginning. Now, it's interesting. We've got wonderful proofreaders here and, and I've been caught two, three times. Phone calls. Wait, we're in a panic. You left out the word the. Let me assure you that the word the is not in the original text. It's translated because it flows there. But there's no article there. And this, this phrase, in beginning, should be at the end of the sentence. But it's not. It's at the beginning of the sentence because the, the writer of this Scripture here wanted us to start with an understanding that in beginning, God created. In beginning. There was nothing before in beginning. There was no preparation for in, be, in the beginning. There, there wasn't that led up, nothing that led up to it. It simply, the Scripture simply states and starts, in beginning, God now as we look at verses 2 and 3, it really kind of sets the, uh, the, the setting for us. And there's some debate and some, uh, some conversation about what exactly is taking place here. 
Some would argue that, that this first verse, in, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, was, was a beautiful creation of God. But then they would say that the fall, not the fall that we read about in Scripture, but the fall in, in heavens, among the angels, among Lucifer, that the fall took place between verses 1 and 2, and, and that as Lucifer was cast out of the heavens, he came to this creation of God and made a mess of it. And then we read verse 2. And then we see God recreate this world. That certainly is one interpretation. And as people have read through the entire scripture trying to understand when this might have taken place. But, but another interpretation that just is valid is that, that, that in verse 1, God created. He created the, the tools. He created the raw materials. And, and, and that verse 2 describes what those raw materials, what, what things looked out like before God took those raw materials and began to order them and began to create life out of them. Much as Brad is doing here for us over these next weeks in taking a canvas and during the course of a worship service beginning to, to create and to develop a picture before our own eyes. And taking the theme is, is one of the pictures, the famous pictures of the creation of Adam uh, and, and painting a portion of that for us as a part of our worship expression and experience. And that God then in verse 2 took these raw materials and in verse 3 with the fine touch of an artist began to take those raw materials and begin to shape and form and bring about life. There's honest debate and conversation, and since none of us were there, we can leave that to conversation over coffee and let the scholars tell us more about that. But again, I think the thing that we need to understand as we look at these first verses of, of Scripture is that God created. Verse 1 tells us some different things. It's, it's a proclamation that God created out of nothing. This phrase in your bulletin, creatio ex nihilo, is, simply means a creation out of nothing. God created out of nothing. There was nothing there. Nothing existed but God. And God spoke into existence. God created matter. He created things. That took place. This is the, the interpretation. This is the testimony of the New Testament that helps us to better understand key New Test Old Testament scriptures. Hebrews 11.3 says this. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. John 1.3 all things came into being through Him, through the Logos, through Christ, and apart from Him, the Word of God, nothing came into being that has come into being. The Scripture is quite clear. God created the world. Not multiple gods, not competing gods, but there's one God. This is a proclamation of monotheism. That a God, the God, created the heavens and the earth. You see, there was no beginning before God began. There was a time when there was no time. There was a space or a time when there was no space. 
There was a time when there was no stuff. There was a time when only God existed. Matter, the things of this earth, are not co-eternal with God. Genesis is a proclamation against what's called pantheism. Pantheism is the belief that God and the material world are one and the same. Pantheism is the idea that God is present in, in everything, in, in creation. Kind of a mother nature kind of idea. And yet the scripture is quite clear in Genesis 1 that in the beginning, in beginning, God created. Creation is also a window into God himself. You see, creation is God's first revelation. In creation, God reveals himself. He reveals his nature and he reveals his character. Romans 1.20, Paul says this. He says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. In other words, through the creation, as we experience God's creation, he, has, he is revealing himself to us in powerful ways. That's why I began our conversation this morning with the idea of when was that moment for you? When was that moment when you looked upon the, the heavens and the earth and you thought, wow, there's a God. And he's revealing himself to me through this beautiful creation. As we continue to understand and to work through the creation story, we discover that God creates purposefully, orderly, and powerfully. The scripture reading that we heard earlier and participated in earlier helped us to understand this, if you'd allow me to say this, formula through which God created. As we read through Genesis 1, we know and we see that God speaks. It was so, it is so. And when God speaks something into existence, it is good. You see, creation is not random, it's not disorderly. Creation is good. It progresses and matures with each new day. God is sovereign over His creation. And creation culminates with the creation of, of people. We are unique and special as part of His creation because we are created uniquely in His image. This idea, this imago dei, this image of God concept is so critical. You see, I, I believe that the image of God, as God is revealing Himself to us through creation, that, that when God got to that place of creation before He created us, it was as if he, he, he would have thought to Himself, I've revealed myself through the beauty and wonder of this creation, but there's something that, that still hasn't allowed me to express myself completely and, and totally through the creation. And so God created us in His own image as a way to reveal even to ourselves more of who God is. And then the Scripture goes on to delineate that He couldn't just do it in man and He couldn't just do it in woman. Because we're both created in the image of God. And he needed both aspects of, of humanity to reveal this image that he's created in and through us. 
In the first three chapters of Genesis, we're also introduced to the concept and idea of sin and its impact upon us. We learn through this creation story that sin corrupts. But we also learn through the creation story and through the continuation of Scripture that God still creates. Sin destroys. Sin brings death and corruption and futility. These are the words that the Apostle Paul uses in Romans chapter 8 to describe creation under the impact of sin. Again, words like corruption, futility, death. Words that could certainly describe and be used to dis describe the impact of sin upon each of us. But God responds to sin by creating. Remember the, the prayer of King David after he was uh, confronted with his sin with Bathsheba? Psalm 51. God, create in me a clean heart. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 64 in, in reflecting and lamenting the sin of the people of Israel and asking God to come and to make Himself known again. Listen to Isaiah's prayer. God, You are the potter. We are the clay. Come and, and reshape and form us anew. Jesus said to Nicodemus, when Nicodemus was seeking to, to find eternal life and to know how to, to, to encounter eternal life, and Jesus said, You've got to be born again. The Apostle Paul picks up on this idea in 2 Chronicles, excuse me, Corinthians 5.17 and says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And some of your translations would say, all things are new. You see, in the midst of sin and corruption and death, God continues to create. And this is good news. Paul in his letter to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 says that as, as Christians, as those who've been renewed through the Spirit of God, that we are His workmanship. We are His masterpiece, His work of art, His poem that He continues to shape and to create. You see, God responds to our sin by creating anew. You see, we've all sinned. And we've all been sinned against. We've all been corrupted. We all corrupt. We've all been ruined. And we all ruin. We've all caused death. And we are all dying. But the good news is that God creates. Through Christ Jesus we can experience the creating presence and power of God, through His Word, He still speaks beginnings into our lives, into our chaos and into our darkness. God still creates. And this is good news. It was good news in the garden, and it's good news for us today. And guess what? That's not all. The good news keeps getting better. Not only does God speak new beginnings into our lives today, you see, He has promised another beginning in the future. In fact, as we turn to the end of Scripture, Revelation chapter 21, 22, 
we discover that Revelation is not about an end, but it's about new beginnings. Now certainly the book paints a mysterious picture of the end times in this place, but more importantly, it offers hope and glory and new beginnings for the future. Chapter 21, verse 1 in Revelation says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And and there's no longer any sea, any separation. John 14, verse 2, Jesus says to His disciples before he's, He's crucified, He said, I am going to prepare a place for you. You see, there is a place of new beginnings, of new creations. I can't help but think of the story and the, and the beautiful picture of a, a child being born. Spoken from a man's perspective, I'll, guarantee, I'll grant you. But think of this, this infant, safe and secure, in his or her mother's womb. Paradise, life as they know it. All of their needs met. And then it begins to happen one day, nine months later, right? The contractions, the muscles begin to move and this, this child, this infant feels pushed out of the only world that it knows. It comes out and the first thing it receives is a slap on the behind, right? Welcome to the world. But oh, you see, that if this child doesn't move from the womb to birth, that it will die. But once it experiences new birth and new life in this world, it can begin to grow and mature and become what God has created to be. And sometimes I wonder if that is not the picture of moving from this world and this life into the new heaven and the new earth. And as Paul says, we feel and we sense the the groanings and the birth pangs as we move into eternity. This morning... As we finish, as we conclude, let's give thanks that God is Creator and that His beauty and His majesty and His power are demonstrated all around us if we'll just take time to see them. But also, let's pray that in the midst of our endings, that God will be beginning and creating something new. You see, there are some here this morning that need to hear God's creative Word for your own life. This morning, the Spirit of the Lord hovers over the darkness and chaos of your life. He's ready to speak. He's ready to create. Will you hear His words? Will you welcome His voice to speak into your life words of grace and forgiveness and of new beginnings. Through His Word, Jesus, the Christ, you can become a new creation. And it will be good. And church, this is good news that we must create. For you see, anyone in Christ Jesus is a new creation. Let's pray.